0: Everyone deserves to enjoy a McRib at least once in their lifetime. Because when you're this saucy and tangy and tasty, a life without one creates a serious case of FOMO. The McRib is back. Don't miss the classic you've been craving. Get a McRib, filet of fish or Big Mac, and get another for a dollar. Or mix and match. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's what I mean. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so check this out. A few months ago, I was at the local coin laundromat. I went late because I had been studying. It was around 10 p.m., The laundromat is pretty small, and it's closer to the edge of the beach town that I live in. The town is pretty well known for drifters and people experiencing homelessness. Most people are friendly, and there is a lot of drug use, but I've never really felt scared. Everything was fine until I went to move my laundry to a dryer. I was listening to music on my headphones, but not super loudly, and suddenly I just got the feeling that someone was watching me. I can't really explain it, but I just felt the presence. I turned around and there was a man standing just a few feet away from me. He was a white guy with pink hair, wearing a full face mask, like a ski mask. He had on a hoodie, gloves, and sunglasses, even though it was dark out. The gloves and the sunglasses especially immediately made me feel uncomfortable. I thought maybe he was a drifter or a high, but I didn't want to be rude. I tried to laugh it off and told him that he surprised me. He immediately started talking and a lot of it was disjointed and it just didn't make sense. He was talking about coming up from Brazil to bring his brother money so that he can get a classic car. None of it made much sense but he would ask me questions and wait for me to respond so I tried to just play along. I still thought he was probably just high or something but He was standing between me and the only door, and I started getting this gut feeling that he was blocking the door on purpose, not just accidentally as he talked to me. He was getting closer to me as he talked, and the feeling got stronger. Logically, something was off, but mostly, I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that I needed to leave and keep him talking until I could. I started to edge to the side, but he stayed in front of me and the feeling got more intense. I started to grip my keys in the attack position just in case. He talked more and then backed off a little. He took off his backpack, which was a child's unicorn backpack, and set it on a nearby dryer. I looked over to the door for just a second, and when I looked back, he was pulling something that I couldn't see out and holding it to the side behind him where i couldn't see it but i did see what was in his backpack duct tape instantly it was just like an alarm went off there were no more worrying about being rude no more second guessing myself that he was just off but harmless it was like this cold numb dread just washed down over me i almost felt calm like i knew the next steps i knew i had to do something Time seemed to move in slow motion, and he turned back to me, not saying anything anymore, and I took a step forward. I gripped my keys as tightly as possible, and I tried to mentally prepare to fight. I remember being afraid that I would move too slow or be too weak, like in a nightmare. But all of a sudden, the door to the laundromat opened and a woman walked in, barely even looking at us as she went to get her laundry. That was like a scene in a movie, a moment of intensity just interrupted by something innocuous and suddenly it's over. He just turned, he got his bag and he left. I was so scared I just stayed there for a minute until I could get my laundry and just go home. I didn't report it. I never knew what to say since nothing had actually happened. But when I think about it, I think the scariest thing is that he left as soon as someone else walked in. If he was just crazy, it wouldn't have mattered. I think a stranger's laundry timer saved me from something terrible. I don't go to the laundromat anymore. I joined a laundry service. The extra cost is worth it to never go back. So, to the man with the pink hair and the unicorn backpack, let's not meet again. For some context i'm a 26 year old male and i have a larger build not fat but also not muscular just have a bigger look to me i've lived an unusual life and i've been through many iffy situations with people so i'm not frightened easy by odd or by wacky people i can also defend myself pretty well in a fight i live in a city with pretty bad crime and work on the sketchy side of town While not the most crime-filled, it is still sketchy and you get shady people once in a while. I'm also a fan of the dark life, so I love walking at night and I don't really get scared. I work a second shift job and it's my duty as one of the supervisors to lock the gates after the sun goes down and all the day shift people are gone. Our work is enclosed with a fence that has barbed wire on top. Just a few days ago, I was walking to close the gate I was coming from the far side of the parking lot after throwing something away in the dumpster. As I was walking to the gate, I could see a strange man on a bike. It's dark and cold out this time of year at 8pm, so I found it odd to see a man that was at least 30 or 40 on a bicycle, but I carried on as it could just be a man going to or leaving work who doesn't have a car. As I continue to walk, I see he's now doing circles in the road at the end of the little drive that leads to the fence. Now my guard is up. As I reach the fence, he has now set the bike down and is looking at me and he's walking toward me. He's shaking like I've seen many people on drugs do before. I'm still not super worried as, like I said, I've dealt with many shady people before. I close one side of the gate quick and I rush to the other, swinging it closed. The gate is locked by a chain and a padlock, so I grab both sides of the chain. Before I can get the padlock in, though, the man sticks his hands through the fence, and he grabs me by the shirt. At this point, I yell, Get the fuck off me before I beat your ass. As it was, I was holding the fence closed with the chains while he grabbed me and yelled, I'll fucking kill you. The only thing going through my mind was, how I was going to get the upper hand on this dude and if I should fight him or wrap the chains around his neck. I was fortunate and a police officer just turned the block as this was going down and he flipped his lights on and quickly took the man down and he cuffed him. While the man was in the police car, he questioned me and got a statement and I was on my way. So to the druggie who wanted to kill me, even though I know I'll run into more one way or another. Let's not meet again. Hey, I just wanted to pop in real quick to remind you that if you're liking this content, hit the like button for me so that I know and so that more people can find it as well. And subscribe to the channel uh, if you haven't already so that you can help grow the Derek Weber community. Okay, thank you. Back to the stories. When I was around five years old, something happened to me that I will never forget. In retrospect, this was my first real encounter with mental illness and addiction. Also looking back, I don't know why in the hell my parents thought this was okay in the first place. My parents had me when they were both 25 years old, so this took place when they were 30. And As a 26 year old man now, I have no idea what was going through their minds when they let this sick man in our house. His name was Trotter. That's what I remember. I don't really remember his face or anything appealing about him, but I know they called him Trotter. I believe it was his last name, but I'm not sure. This man, whom I had never seen before, was apparently an old friend of my parents. You see, at the time we lived right on the outskirts of Palo Duro Canyon in Texas, practically in the middle of nowhere. The closest town was Canyon, Texas, and that was still a 15-minute drive, and our house was the only house for miles. I'm not quite sure how Trotter knew where we lived, considering i had never seen him before, but maybe it wasn't a coincidence. All I know is that it made this fucked-up encounter even more strange for me. Anyways, one night he shows up to the door. I remember hearing the doorbell and... Seeing a puzzled look on both of my parents' faces because we didn't have any neighbors and the state park was closed. I remember my dad walking to the door and looking through the peephole and mouthing to my mom what I assume now was, It's Trotter. They were both obviously on edge as if they knew something about this guy that I didn't. They let him in and he exclaimed that he needed a place to stay for the night because of how cold it was. Was he homeless? I have no idea, and I wish I could ask my parents about it now, but my dad passed away last year and my mom is a raging alcoholic. This night is forever etched into my mind because shortly after he showed up, it was my bedtime. I was an only child, but my parents let me have a bunk bed because I thought it was so cool to sleep on the top bunk, so I went to bed as normal. Do you remember having a bunk bed when you were a kid? Did you ever lay on the bottom bunk and put your feet up between the bars of the top bunk and push up on the mattress? I used to do that all the time as a kid. The only reason why I'm mentioning it is because I awoke in the middle of the night to my mattress being fooled around with from underneath. I had no earthly idea what was going on because I obviously didn't think there was anyone on the bottom bunk considering that I was an only child. I had a star-shaped nightlight that I had on the wall, so I hung my head over the side of my bunk to see if I could see what was going on. I remember it still being super dark, so I had to try to have my eyes adjust once I was looking upside down on the bottom bunk. After a few seconds, my eyes focused, and I noticed this man was lying on the bottom mattress, smiling at me. I came back up and thought to myself how they didn't tell me he was going to be sleeping on the bottom bunk and not the couch. It was definitely weird, but I ignored it and I went back to sleep. Only to be awoken again by Trotter. Except this time when I opened my eyes, I was basically face to face with him. Once he noticed I was awake, he grabbed my shoulders and started vigorously shaking me. He kept saying over and over and over you have got to help me you have got to help me you have got to help me now as if this wasn't absolutely terrifying enough in itself for a five-year-old boy what really haunts me even to this day was the look on his face pale sheet white and stricken with terror is the only way that i would know how to describe it like he had just seen something that humans are not supposed to see his eyes were like impossibly wide open, wide enough to fall in, it seemed like. Of course, I start screaming and crying hysterically, and my dad swings open the door, only to see his friend shaking me like a rag doll. Trotter turns around and drops me off the bed onto the floor, and in a split second, my dad tackles him and starts shaking him uncontrollably. I ran into my mom's room, and everything after that is a little bit fuzzy, I'm assuming because of the trauma and the 21 years that have transpired since. All I know for certain is that I never saw him again in person. I was told a little bit later on that he suffered from schizophrenia and he was on drugs pretty heavily at that time. Why he was sleeping on my bottom bunk is beyond me. Every once in a blue moon, I wake up in a cold sweat because I have such vivid dreams of Trotter's eyes. being followed home is not uncommon where i'm from and it's sadly not rare either men will see you walk home at night or even during the day sometimes and catcall to get your attention no matter how often it happens it's not something you can get used to and it's scary to be in that situation this night i was with my ex walking him home he was a horrible boyfriend and he got extremely drunk forcing me to walk him home and make sure he goes inside I asked him to call a taxi for me because my phone was dead and he agreed and went inside to do it. I stood outside of his apartment, waiting, but as time went by, I realized that the taxi is probably not coming. At the time, I thought that they just forgot to send a car, but now I realize that my ex didn't even call, he probably just passed out. It was December and it was extremely cold outside. I was angry at my ex for getting drunk. Angry at the taxi company for forgetting to send a car, angry at everything and everybody. It was almost midnight, and if you read my previous experiences, you'll understand why I didn't want to walk home, even though it was just a 15-minute walk. As I'm waiting, I see a jeep Park a little further away from me. The guy gets out of the car and leans on it, just staring at me. After a couple of minutes, I realize that he's waiting on me to approach him, and if I don't, and he will be the one to make the move. I panic, and I start thinking what to do. I have two options. One is to walk home and risk him coming into my street, which is dark and a great place to hurt someone. A 15-minute walk is plenty of time to get hurt. Or my second option is to walk to my grandma's house, which is five minutes away, but the whole street to hers is dark and pretty much empty she lives on a street that's mostly stores and offices because she refused to sell her house when other people did so there aren't many houses around hers i couldn't go into my ex's apartment because i had to be buzzed in and it was midnight i decide to go to my grandma's and start quickly walking the guy of course gets into his car and starts driving behind me i pretend that i'm on a call in hopes that he wouldn't do anything if i was on the phone with someone As soon as I see my grandma's house, I start running and quickly go into her yard. Everyone is asleep so my best bet is to ring the bell because I don't have a key and I hope someone might be awake. Thankfully, my uncle is. I tell him that someone is following me, he drives a jeep and I'm scared that he might hurt me. My uncle does not hesitate. He runs out into the cold December night in his shorts and a t-shirt and he sees the guy. He yells to me, is this him? The guy sees this and pretends that he's on the phone, gets back into his car, and drives away. My uncle calls a taxi for me and waits until the taxi gets there. I thought that would be it. As soon as I got into the taxi, I felt safe. I tell the driver my address, and as soon as he turns, we see the car. The jeep is now following the taxi. At this point, I have absolutely no clue what his intentions are. Is he harmed? Does he want to hurt me because I got my uncle on him? I start crying and I quickly explain to the driver what's going on. He was an older gentleman and I felt like he had been waiting on this moment his whole life. He told me not to worry and that he'll lose him and he won't allow for the guy to see where I live. He did lose him, mostly because the Jeep guy gave up and just left. But the taxi driver got to feel like a hero and I got to get home safely. A few years ago, I entered the University of Lausanne to start my medical studies. I had just arrived in the city and even in the country. I was very excited to start my year to discover the university and to meet new people. Everything was going great until the end of the third week. Friday night, around 9 p.m., I leave the library, say goodbye to my friends, and I start to head home. The pace of work was already very intense. So we had been working all day, and I was in a rush to get home. It was my favorite part of the day because I could put on my music, take the subway, and then the train, and it gives me a chance to rest. Anyway, that night, it was cold, so there was no one left outside. It takes me about seven minutes to walk from the library to the subway. I'm walking quietly with my music in my ears when all of a sudden I get a shiver that runs through my body from head to toe. I start to feel uncomfortable, as if someone was watching me, and at that point, I pause my music and decide not to turn around to check in case the person was actually trying to be inconspicuous and if I notice them, something might happen. I don't want to run either because I'm not sure if I can run faster and I wouldn't even know where to go. At this point, we pass a glass building, so I decide to look inside and pretend that I'm fixing my hair. I quickly glance in the corner of my eye and then my blood runs cold. There is definitely someone walking a few feet behind me in a hoodie. I try to reassure myself that maybe he's just finished work and that he's going home too and he's wearing his hoodie because it's cold outside. But I didn't see a backpack and there are no houses for civilians around. Message to my mother saying, please come pick me up in front of the glass building downtown. I really don't feel it it's important to know that the university is 30 minutes by car from my house at this moment i don't find any other solution and i decide to take refuge in the glass building while waiting for my mother to come get me as i was about to go back i opened the door took off my headphones and went downstairs to find a hiding place we entered by the third floor I thought I was out of trouble when suddenly I hear the door I came in through open. This time, I'm sure he's after me. But since I'm new, I don't know this building or where it leads to. I run downstairs at full speed and I hear behind me the footsteps of this guy running down the stairs at full speed as well. I run without looking back, being sure that he's running faster than me and that he'll catch up with me. I don't even know where I'm going, but I pray that I don't fall into a dead end. Looking back, it really did feel like the labyrinth scene from The Shining. I didn't know how far ahead of him I was, so I opened a window in the hallway to make it look like I was out of there and opened a door a little bit further. It was a huge auditorium in the dark. I went down the stairs and I hid under a desk in the middle right and I put my phone on silent. My mom had been texting me a lot asking me what's going on and saying that she was on her way with my dad. I texted her, I'm inside the glass building, he's looking for me, please come quickly. I hid under the desk, thinking I was screwed. My hiding place sucked and he was going to find me any second. Then I heard a thud and a huge scream and I don't think I've ever been so scared in my life as when I heard that scream. For 15 minutes, my mother was sending me messages telling me to hang on, and at the end of those 15 long minutes, waiting for him to find me, I finally got the message from my mom where she says she's with the police, they're going to enter the building, and they need to know where I am. I just tell them I'm on the second floor because I had no idea what room I was in or which way I was going. After two minutes, I hear the door of the auditorium, and it was the police that came to get me. Once I got out, they took my statement and said that they would check with the university management. The next day, they contacted us and said that they saw on the surveillance cameras that there was indeed someone who had followed me when I entered the building, but there were no cameras inside. You can't see the guy's face and therefore don't know who he is. They just said that security was going to do patrols at night and advised me to have someone with me when I was out at that time. We never heard about it again, and I think that's good. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profits 23. Shopify.com slash profits 23.